Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 206. Hey, my riches, I'm so happy to be here with you. That's what my guest today, David J., told me when I asked him what would be his best advice for entrepreneurs. When I was 16 years old, David said, my dad sat me down and said, David, if you do your business about helping other people, you always have plenty of work. And I want to ask you, my listeners, do you help enough people? Are you really helping your customers? Or do you build what you think will be good for them? Because when I asked David to tell me about his most critical failure with customers, he said, one thing that I've had a tendency to do is to take too much time building what I want to build, a product that I think is the right thing for the market, instead of building an MVP or building a better prototype that I can then take to the market and get their feedback on it earlier. What do you do? How much do you listen to your customers? Do you ask open questions just to really understand what they need? Or do you ask questions that will lead to the answers you want to hear? Helping your customers will help you succeed much, much faster. And if we are talking about helping customers, for your request, I prepared a free masterclass about free seven ways to get more customers. I really recommend you to check it out. Go to getcustomerswebinar.com getcustomerswebinar.com and see how it can help you. Let's find out a bit more about David J. David is the founder and CEO of Warm Welcome and was recently named a top 100 tech innovator and influencer. In today's market, most businesses struggle to stand out in crowded markets. Warm Welcome helps businesses upgrade from boring text to personal video so they can build meaningful relationships that drive real revenue. David has bootstrapped several startups into multi-million ARR. Revenues from Warm Welcome, along with his other four companies, exceeded $6 million in 2020. Over the previous years, the pursuit of efficiency and automation has created a lonely world that is actually disconnected from what we need the most, people. Let's listen to my interview with the very special David J. David J., what a great pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hi, hi. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm so happy you are here. 
They just shared with our audience what you've done until now. And I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? Well, I have kind of two sides of that coin. The first is my family. Uh, we just moved to Florida and I have two young boys, two and four. So that's an exciting, exciting time mm-hmm. of life. And, sure. uh, and then I have my other babies, my, my business babies. I'm mm-hmm. the startup guy. So I have a few tech startups and we're working on selling one of those and working on building uh, one of those. So that's pretty much all the time I have. Mm-hmm. Sure. What are these two startups? Tell me a bit about it. Yeah. So the newest one is called Warm Welcome. And uh, it's a way to personalize your business and build trust quickly uh, through video. Uh, so, you know, in the last year, uh, we've seen kind of everybody switching to video for just about every possible um, thing that they can do. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's, that's what Warm Welcome is, is. It's a way to stand out in your market, a way to kind of make things more personal, more human uh, by moving beyond kind of boring old text emails or text on your website and uh, putting a face behind it, putting a smile behind it. There are a few other introduction video startups as well. What is unique about uh, Warm Welcome? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different uh, video services out there, and I think there'll be more and more, and that's great. Um, that's right. You know, I, I think video is part of a really big shift, maybe even a 600-year shift in the way mm-hmm. that people communicate. Um, you That's know, right. 600 years ago, the printing press came out, mm-hmm. and everyone was obsessed, became obsessed with uh, the written word because it was one of the first things in our world that scaled. So mm-hmm. today, we have a, a thousand different ways of communicating through the written word. We have emails, text messages, Uh, post-it notes, leather-bound journals, paper-bound journals, books, magazines, right? And I think the same will happen with video. Uh, Now that video scales with the internet and everyone has a camera with them every second of every day that shoots video, we found that video is just a much more human and better way to, to communicate. And so with Warm Welcome, we didn't want to just slice off one little piece of that because then the you know customer experience becomes a little bit just disorganized and it's not consistent. And so we wanted to personalize every touch point of the customer experience. And so whether it's a video business card or a video email or a video bubble on your website, you know, every single point mm-hmm. can be personalized and, and can be made better and more human through video. And so we wanted to take it more strategically rather than tactically. So a video email service is just a tactical solution to that one single problem. Warm Welcome is a strategic solution where you can implement it into multiple different points of your business. Beautiful. And the other um, startup? Yeah, so I've got another one called Agree.com. And uh, that is a contracts and payment service for small businesses where they can uh, create a contract real quickly in under a minute, send it out, get a digital payment back all inside of one service. Got another one called Shoot and Share, another one called Pass Gallery, uh, oh, Site Cards. You are very active. Yeah. An active entrepreneur. <laughs> junkie. 
<laughs> Most entrepreneurs that I have the privilege to talk with usually have, you know, one baby at a time. And uh, it's beautiful <laughs> to see that you are, as you said, a junkie. You really love it. It's beautiful. What is the story of your career? How did you start? Were you always an entrepreneur or did you start differently? Well, yeah, I would probably say I've always been an entrepreneur. You know, I remember back in, in sixth grade, uh, and I, I won't go through my whole story, but in sixth grade, I was in class and there was some other kids selling candy bars to raise money for the school. And I was like, you know what? No one likes these candy bars. And so I went down to the store and I started buying up candy bars on sale, you know, Reese's peanut butter cups. And everyone loves them. <laughs> and I started selling those. And uh, the school shut me down because, you know, the, the other kids were selling stuff to make money for the school, even though it was junk. And uh, I had good stuff. And, uh, and so, I, you know, I saw problems back then and enjoyed solving them and enjoyed, you know, kind of coming up with a better way of doing something or at least something that I thought was better. So, yeah, that, that's kind of all part of my DNA. And uh, from the sixth grade? Yeah, so then I, I went on to college and actually ended up dropping out of college and, uh, oh. and starting a service business of photography. And uh, loved, hmm. loved doing that for about 10 years, but hit all the typical scale problems that everyone has in the service business, whether you're a photographer or a contractor, you, you can't really scale that very well. And so... I started to build communities around software. One of my mentors, uh, Tim Sanders, said, uh, your network is your net worth. And hmm. I thought about that and I thought, wow, you know, I need to build a network. I need to build a community of people that knows me and trust me. And, uh, and so through building online community, I started to hear other people's problems and uh, try and come up with solutions for those. And so that's been what pulled me into tech. I'm not a, an engineer or a programmer, uh, but I'm able to kind of connect some of the dots for these small businesses by you know, building some technology for them. Hmm. And uh, as an entrepreneur, what would be your best advice to any entrepreneur out there that's listening to us right now? Yeah, well, you know, my dad... When I was 16 years old, he sat me down and he said, David, if you make your business about helping other people, you'll always have plenty of work. And Beautiful. I think that's probably the best advice out there and something that we often miss, you know, when we're building a business or building a product, we tend to think a lot about our business and our product. Uh, but really, we need to be thinking about the customer and thinking about the problem that the customer has and how are we going to help them solve their problem. And, uh, and so keeping that the focus, keeping the problem at the center, keeping the customer and uh, you know, what we're trying to do for them at the center of our day is, I, I think, the best thing to guarantee our success. I love you saying that, of course, because my podcast is all about customer focus. So, uh, of course, it's uh, exactly what we believe in and what marketing is all about, as I see that. And I love you saying that. Did it help you to succeed? Mm. Yes. Yeah, do you feel that uh, giving a service is, is what helps you uh, succeed? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I think even in technology, when you think about, you know, SaaS companies, you know, software as a service, everyone focuses on the software part of it. And they, they think about the software and the technology and the product they're building. But really, uh, nowadays, especially as it becomes easier and easier to build products and build software, the service and how that piece of technology touches the customer and how you support them and what they're doing is, is really the, the thing that matters the most. Hmm. And David, you've got successes and we'll talk about them in a minute. But I want to ask you, what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most? Can you share this with us? Sure. Yeah, I would say over the course of the different startups, the most consistent uh, failure, I try not to make the same mistake over and over, but uh, <laughs> one thing that I've, that I've had a tendency to do is to take too much time building what I want to build, building a product that I think is the right thing for the market instead of building an MVP or building you know, a beta prototype that I can then take to the market and get their feedback on it earlier. Uh, I think getting feedback early in the product life cycle, even before it's a business, um, is really, really important and something that, you know, oftentimes we have a tendency not to do and a tendency to kind of build what we want instead of what the customer wants. And do you have any stories um, that led to something that you didn't want to happen or you had to change something afterwards or too late? Yeah, with Agree.com, I mean, I spent about a, a million dollars more than I needed to spend building that. It cost me a couple million bucks to get that product going uh, because we spent our whole first year building, 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 and and so what we were essentially doing was baking the product, right? It's like we had all the ingredients, yeah. stuck it in the oven, we baked it. And then by the time we presented it to the customer and they gave us feedback on it, we couldn't rebake it, right? It's like if you try to rebake it, hmm. what happens? You burn it and it starts crumbling apart, right? <laughs> and so you need to take things to the customers a lot, a lot sooner. And I didn't do that. And so it almost cost me the entire business because we were running out of money. Everything I've done has been bootstrapped. And, uh, and so we're, we're running out of money. And now we have this kind of fully baked product that didn't quite fit the market. And so then we had to go back and try and unwind it and redo it. And that cost a lot more money that uh, we wouldn't have had to spend had we gotten some, some better feedback earlier on. Hmm. I love this story. Now, I want you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers. Yeah, well, um, I'd probably say that the big, biggest success I, I've had has been in the photo industry, creating a new business model for the photography industry. And this was... Um, this was this is interesting. And the reason was because the world was shifting um, away from physical products towards digital products, towards digital delivery of products. Um, we've all seen that transition happen, right? Sure. In music, in books, in media. And it was happening in photography. 
And, uh, and yet a lot of photographers were really stuck in the old model of take the photos, kind of hold them hostage, and then try and sell your client <laughs> a bunch of really expensive prints. So we came out with the shoot and share business model. And the reason was because we didn't want to make the same mistake as the, as the music industry made, right? The music industry fell apart and everyone, the customers started stealing all the music back, you know, in nineties and early two thousands. Right. And the reason was because the industry was trying to package up and sell something in a way that the customer, you know, didn't, didn't like, didn't, didn't want it. They wanted the music, but they just wanted the digital file of a single song instead of an entire $16 CD. And hmm. when the music industry kind of held their music hostage, people went to Napster and started stealing it. So, you know, then of course, Steve Jobs came out with something that was good for both parties. At the time, part hmm. of the music industry hated him for doing it. And it was similar with us where we created shoot and share and this business model around sharing the photos instead of just selling prints. And half the photographers in the industry loved us, half half hated us. And I had you know, <laughs> articles, you know, tons of articles and blogs and everything written about, you know, how um, great this was. And then also how terrible and how we were destroying the industry and this and that. But I love you saying it was a success with all the negative uh, responses. Yeah. Yeah, I think do, doing things, if you're not willing to do things that are polarizing, you're probably never going to have a very big success, right? Most people are too afraid of criticism or they get too um, distracted by the haters and uh, instead of focusing on, on what they're trying to do and the good they're trying to do in the world. And, uh, and that's too bad because people could accomplish a lot of really great things for society and humanity if they just ignored the people that disagreed with them but uh yeah it's hard mm. to do yeah we're looking to be loved isn't it most of the time yes yeah so uh with this business yeah so we created this new business model right where you know previously there was photographers you know selling things and we wanted to build it around sharing and it was kind of like hey charge up front for your service You know, that's where your value is. Your value is in you as an artist, as a photographer, not in the little prints that you sell or the album that you sell. It's in, it's in you and your giftedness in this. And so we started to um, build a community around that. And uh, today we have, you know, a 50,000 person community of photographers who are all going about their business that way, serving their clients, putting food on the table for their families. Uh, and I think a lot happier with a, a much simpler business model for their business where they don't have to um, do a lot of the stuff that, you know, photographers used to do. Mm, beautiful. David, can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus marketing or sales? However, I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really works for you and can help other entrepreneurs as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I would say in terms of like a tool or a process, I think 
um, running a complete NPS, Net Promoter Score process, is one of the best ways mm-hmm. and strategies to keep yourself focused on the customer. And we've all received an email from a company that says, how would you rate us on a scale from zero to 10, right? Click a button. And, and that's part of the process. And most businesses stop there. But what the, the next thing that happens in this, in this survey is, you know, people answer zero to 10. And that creates kind of an overall benchmark score for your business um, and how loyal your customers are. But then it asks a quite just an open-ended question like, hey, do you have anything else to share? This hmm. invitation, you know, this reaching out to your customer on a consistent basis and inviting them to give you feedback about your business, your product, is one of the best ways um, to, to build relationships with your customers because you're inviting them into your story and into your journey and into um, kind of creating something together. And, uh, you know, I I think every business should start with that. You know, we, we, Hmm. we tend to start, especially in tech technology, we tend to start in thinking about what can we do that scales? Let's build a funnel. Let's build Facebook ads. Let's do all this sort of stuff. And in my opinion, it's the wrong place to start. I think you need to start with getting customer feedback and have that be the foundation and the groundwork that, um, that leads you to these other things, right? But do a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. doesn't scale before trying to do the stuff that scales and probably end up saving money and, and uh, helping your customers a lot more. Mm, love that. You know, there are many factors that affect one's success. However, I believe that for each of us, there is one factor that really helps us succeed. And I want to ask you, what is your one key success factor? Well, in terms of um, success, I, I think that, you know, everyone has a different idea of what success is. So, for example, right now, in this period of my life, my success is completely determined by my availability uh, for my family. And, hmm. and, you know, that wasn't always the case. You know, 10 years ago, I didn't have a family. And so my success factor metric was, was much different. And, you know, I'd work 18 hours a day and that was great and I loved it. But today it's based on on my family. And so I think that, uh, you know, people need to determine for themselves, you know, what stage of life are they in? What are they trying to produce and and accomplish and why? And then build back off of that. And, uh, you know, by going through that kind of little exercise, you start to see, like, am am I trying to create something that is you know, something actually going to create something good in the world or is going to change people's lives? Or am I trying to prove something to everybody? And a lot of, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are trying to prove something. They're, they're still trying to show that they're valuable to the world instead of bring something valuable hmm. to the world. So your key success factor is by bringing valuable products to the world. Yeah, I'm a connector. I'm a creative connector. And so, <laughs> you know, coming up with creative solutions to problems is, uh, is what I really enjoy doing. And so I can look at a market and, you know, it's, it's kind of like sushi, right? Where you have in any business, you have some fish, you have some rice, you have some other little ingredients, <laughs> and you're going to mix and match them in different ways. But at the end of the day, 
you have to create something that's valuable to that to that customer. And so coming up with different things at different times is important. You know, a year and a half ago, the world was a very different place and people operated business very differently. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I love the expression creative connector. It's a beautiful one. I really love that. My final question, before I ask you what is the best way to connect with you, my final question is my mountain question. And as my listeners already know, I've been imagining the journey of marketing and then the journey of entrepreneurship as climbing a mountain, step after step after step. And at some point, I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed a mountain or wish to climb a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? And you can take it either to a physical mountain or you can take it to the allegory as well. I love that. Yeah, it's such a good analogy. And, you know, when, when you're climbing a mountain, obviously you're thinking about what's right in front of you, right? and the obstacle and how to kind of get moving forward. The toughest mountains to climb, like Mount Everest or something, uh, when you climb that, you have a Sherpa with you. You have a guide. And Hmm. I think that is a really important piece of the puzzle. You know, when you're building a business, who's your Sherpa? Who's your guide? And if if you're building a business that serves other businesses, then positioning yourself as the Sherpa, as the guide. So the purpose of our business is not to be a successful business. The purpose of our businesses is to be a Sherpa and a guide to help other businesses be successful. Hmm. If they're successful using our tools, then we're successful, right? And, and so when I think about climbing mountains or building businesses, I think the, the Sherpa is the key role there, right? And helping other somebody else uh, be the hero of the story, as, as Donald Miller would put it. That, I think, is a, a much better place to sit and live. And, uh, and so, yeah, I love your, your analogy of climbing a mountain. Hmm. David, what would be the best way to connect with you for anyone of our listeners that would like to be in touch? Oh, I'd love to hear from from any or all of your listeners, you know, uh, through video. You know, I know we're doing this over audio, uh, but go to warmwelcome.com and go to the little video bubble down there. You're going to see Devin, one of the gals I work with, and um, she'll be waving at you and smiling at you right there on the website. But send us a video. We'd love to get to know you. That's We think that um, relationship is the real driver towards business and, and towards creating revenue. It's like start with the relationship, let, let the opportunities follow after that. And so, yeah, head over to warmwelcome.com, send me a video. You can send me questions. I'll answer your you know questions and send them back and we can get to know one another through those videos. It's beautiful. I think it's the most original way to connect with our listeners until today. So, invitation to leave a video. I hope people will do that. Are you also uh, present on social media? Yeah, I am. Um, I've been a big proponent of social media, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that. Um, But I think this this is another shift that's happening. 
you know, with social media nowadays, there's lots of changes that are showing that we're really handing over our network to these social media networks and we're not in control of them anymore. And so hmm. I think this is a time where people should own their network. You know, I think we should stop just pushing everything out through social media. We should be owning it, having people's contact information ourselves, delivering messages directly to them instead of spraying and praying on social media. And so, um, so, you know, yes, I'm there, but I'm, I'm moving more towards direct engagement with uh, people rather than mass kind of widespread engagement on social media. So we'll put the link to warm welcome and I hope our listeners will leave you a video. I would love that. Okay. And we will have the link in the show notes of this interview. And David, I want to thank you very much for this interview and for sharing with us your entrepreneurial story. It's really an interesting one. Thank you. Thank you. It's such a treat being here with you. Hmm. It's a pleasure and thank you and take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.